Welcome to another edition of the OG Livewire on the GOAT District. Uh, I'm excited to talk about our week eight waiver wire options. Uh, we got to get after it this week. It's a must-win week for a lot of us. District, you know the Pope listens. Dynasty, our religion, fought the blokes missing on all of these trades, on all of these plays, on all of these grades. By the end of the day, y'all getting played. So, what you gonna do next? Try to fill up that flex. Send the homie a text. That trash offers the best. You try to make it complex. Then they text you back. Now, all of a sudden, they don't make any sense. <laughs> Broaden your horizons, boy. Dynasty's not for the Simons, boy. These trades not for consignment, boy. Respect your opponent, y'all some piranhas, boy. This my advice from me to you. Open up your cute little podcast queue. Search up G-O-A-T District, my dude. Pop it in your ear, man. Y'all know what to do. It's the... And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Traded. And I always be traded. Y'all try to betray them, but first you gotta bait them. Bait them. Fish. So week eight is here. It's wild. It's uh, it's flying by. This this weekend was somewhat of a mixed bag again, and not too many close close games. I feel like I was either winning by a lot or the games were decided. Not, not a whole lot of Monday night sweats. I had a Ramondre Stevenson team where the the game was already uh, you know decided. I had some Tyquan Thornton uh, rocking and rolling. Did not work out very well, but uh, I'm still hopeful for him. That Patriots offense a little bit of a mess right now uh, with the the indecision at the quarterback spot. Uh, had some Jacoby Myers rocking. It was uh, nice to see him find the end zone. Um, but again, it was probably a, a definitely a more wins than losses week. Uh, but it was really a a tough one because I, I accumulated a lot of Brees Hall. Uh, Brees Hall was a guy that you know if you listen to Go District this past summer, I was aggressively trying to get the 101. I thought the 101 was a little devalued because people were valuing these. 2023 first so much. So I was very aggressive trying to get a lot of 101s, a lot of 102s. And I found myself, you know, walking away with a lot of these guys in the first round. And Brees Hall, like if you drafted him in Dynasty, you you did it correctly. You didn't overthink it. You took him. And more likely than not, you hit your Dynasty team was was doing very, very well because Brees Hall was a top seven option at the at the running back position. And in redraft, you saw some absolute monster teams who had Brees Hall, depending on who you took early. You know, during the the later times of the summer, we started to see Brees Hall fall. Occasionally, you'd see him go in like the fourth round of the main event early. Then as the summer kept going, he fell a couple times. So some teams were sitting on, you know, fifth round, sixth round Brees Hall. Uh, so, you know, those teams were, were looking great. You know, potentially some overall titles were going to be decided by Brees Hall teams because of his schedule. And, you know, it's a very, very sad day when a guy like that goes down. It's a huge loss for redraft teams. It's devastating for dynasty teams. I've seen some Brees Hall trades go down. I had somebody offer me, actually, I, you know, it was one of my, one of my, uh, one of my partners in a, in a main event, Biplap Mandel, uh, he he offered me uh, Najee Harris for for Brees Hall. I did did not accept that one. 
Um, but there's, I'm trying to get a couple of Brees Hall shares here and there. I'm still hopeful of him coming back, but it's just, it's, it's a demoralizing loss for anybody who had him, especially when he ripped off a 62 yarder, um, this game. I mean, he was going to put up another huge line and then he goes down and it's a torn ACL with, with some MCL. You also had Mike Williams go down. Uh, it looks like he's going to be out, uh, for a while. You had Alan Lazard suffer a shoulder injury. Less impactful, but still, depending on your, your roster construction, you need to be, be prepared to pivot off of him. Uh, you had DK Metcalf go down. I think there's a lot of kind of mystery with the the DK injury because I think Pete Carroll kind of paints a kind of a positive picture. I would be prepared to be without DK for at least, uh, you know, let's call it three, four weeks. Um, and then David Njoku, who was having a career year, goes down. And they're saying two to five weeks, which is a, which is a kind of a uh, – a wide range. I tend to think that usually it's towards the 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 larger projection when teams say a range like that. Uh, but who knows? Uh, so anyway, we'll go over uh, kind of today's options again. This this week is a a light a light week for for buys. Um, you only are dealing with uh, Kansas City and Los Angeles, so it's obviously a huge um, loss if you have Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes or Austin Eckler. But again, there's only two teams, so hopefully it's not hurting you too badly. Uh, shout out to the, the chat. The chat is lit right now. Shout out to Ruckus. Shout out to Kyle's Money. Uh, shout out to the Coven. Shout out to Famous J. Rough week for me. Brees is gone. Yeah, Famous J. It's a, it's a tough one. Uh, Kyle's Money. Um, and then uh, we got a couple other people in the chat. So it's it's a really, really good to see everybody tuning in. Uh, hopefully you guys are doing well, and uh, we're ready to rock and roll with some waivers. So we'll start at the quarterback position. It's uh, a lot of the quarterbacks we've been talking about in previous shows have hit. Daniel Jones, we talked about for like two weeks. He's now rostered in way too many leagues to talk about. If he happens to be available in your league, uh, he's playing very, very well. His schedule gets a lot easier moving forward. He's getting all the rushing attempts we want to see. I think that there's a scenario where Daniel Jones finishes as a QB1. Uh, he'd be somebody that I would be looking to get if you have QB issues. I have one home league where I have a Kyler Murray team, and I will be bidding on Daniel Jones tonight. Uh, and, you know, just because we'll have the bye weeks coming up, and I don't want somebody else to get Daniel Jones. Um, Marcus Mariota, we've talked about him. He's now rostered in too many leagues. Uh, so it's time we start talking about Deshaun Watson. Um we're not going to talk about off-the-field stuff on the GOAT District because it doesn't help us with our fantasy teams at all. But Deshaun Watson will be back. Um, we are we are nearing we are nearing his return. If you have roster room and he's available in your league, I think that the success of the Cleveland offense should make you even more optimistic for Deshaun Watson. Uh, David Njoku should be back when he gets back. Amari Cooper is playing excellent football. Donovan Peoples-Jones looks like a natural deep threat for him. And then obviously they have Nick Chubb. And for now, they have Kareem Hunt. Uh, so, and if and again, if they move Kareem Hunt, they'll have Dearness Johnson, who's another running back we're kind of uh, pleased with. So Deshaun Watson, that's my stash QB. If, uh, if he's available, I'm looking to get him. Again, it's based on your roster construction. So if I had like a, if I had a Jalen Hurts team, and he's already had the bye week, then I would be kind of aggressive trying to grab Deshaun Watson just so somebody else doesn't have him. Um, or if I'm poor at the QB spot and I really think I can get by 
like a, a Daniel Jones and Deshaun Watson combination right now. Something like that would be very, very helpful. But I would like to roster him when I, where I have the space. Um, we'll also talk about Malik Willis. Right now, Ryan Tannehill uh, was seen in a walking boot. They're optimistic that he will play this week. But if he doesn't play, Malik Willis is somebody who I'd be very interested in. Interested in um, especially for Superflex. Like Malik Willis would, let's put it like this. If Malik Willis was the starter this week, he would be ranked higher on any positional ranking than Ryan Tannehill will. Uh, because uh, Malik Willis has elite speed. We see how rushing ability kind of drives fantasy football stats. And I think Willis may not be a better NFL QB, but I certainly think he's a better fantasy QB at this point. Uh, he'd be an interesting one to kind of monitor. Uh, Andy Dalton, I think, will start this week. If I had to bet on it, he would be the Saints quarterback that that starts this week. Uh, Jameis obviously could be back and be named the starter. Um, Dalton had a weird game on Thursday. He ended up uh, as a top six quarterback, seven quarterback in your league, uh, no matter what your league format was, unless you had huge negative points for pick sixes because he threw two pick sixes against that Arizona defense. Um, but he did pass for 360 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, Chris Olave looks like a borderline wide receiver one. And he also has Alvin Kamara out of the backfield, Juwan Johnson, who we'll talk about later. Uh, so Andy Dalton, he he's interesting as a potential streamer. So pretty light week at, uh, at the QB spot. Um, shout out to Anna Jimenez in the chat. Nice to see you in here, Anna. Um, shout out to Jose Pena. Need the waiver wire pickups. Must listen. I appreciate that, Jose. Um, glad to see you're listening in tonight. Um, shout out to shout out to my man, the Coven. Yeah, it's it's Dulcich season. You know, we talked about Dulcich for a while on this pod. Um, Dulcich is just you know he looks he looks like a top twelve tight end for me. Rest of the season, I think he's a baller. We have Ruckus with a with a question in the chat. Dulcich, Irv Smith, or or Harrison Bryant. Um, and I he has Kelsey on a bye. Roll with Dulcich. Um, my number two pick would be would be Irv Smith. Uh, Bryant, who we'll talk about a little bit later, would be my number three. Uh, although Bryant should be on the field the entire time, so he's he's very sneaky and he would be very cheap. But Dulcich is is a baller. I mean, his his targets went up to nine this past week. The Denver Broncos have a lot of problems. Dulcich seems like a guy who could could be in that seven targets. Uh, it's somewhere in that range from the tight end position. That's pretty good for a guy of his ability, and, and he can boogie anytime he gets the ball. So I'm I'm into the Dulcich. I, I think he's very, very good. I think it's uh, still time if you're playing Dynasty to keep kicking the tires and try to get him because he looks like a guy who might be a, a, a tight end one for like years to come. Uh, I think he, that that's not that's not like an ag- aggressive aggressive uh, speculation there. Um, shout out to to Triple X Lex. Snoop Connor, we're going to get to that with the running backs because I think that's a very interesting, uh, interesting topic tonight. Um, when we're when we're you know we might as well start with it. So we all saw the trade that went down was James Robinson was moved to the Jets. To me, this signals that the Jets are going for it this year. There's been a lot of speculation um, that the Jets don't view themselves as as a playoff team that they're kind of happy with the success and they're not going to do anything. I think it's nonsense. I think that the Jets fan base is starving. They're starving to get a playoff team in. Uh, Robert Sala obviously has self-preservation. 
and taking the Jets to the playoffs would buy him, you know, some very good goodwill uh, as Jets head coach. And I think the guy's got a winning mentality when it comes down to it. I don't think he's one of these guys that wants to sit back and, you know, just, you know, hey, I'll take a loss, but our team's improving kind of guy. I think he wants to win. And the Jets uh, clearly, clearly look like they're going for it. They went and get James Robinson. Um, He's obviously not Brees Hall and Michael Carter is not Brees Hall, but at least they give themselves another running back who's got who's got some uh, capable uh, abilities, and I think that Carter and and Robinson complement one another with a little bit of Ty Johnson this week. I think they'll still lean on the running back, and there's been some rumors that they're going to go out and get a big time veteran offensive tackle and trade even more picks. So the Jets are going for it. That's the number one takeaway. But Travis Etienne is a massive winner this week. We talked about him in the Go District a lot. I think he's a clear RB one moving forward rest of the season. He looks terrific. He is the focal point of the Jacksonville offense. They play in that nine thirty game in London against the Broncos, a difficult defense. So I, th- I would expect that ETN gets a lot of work again this weekend. Um, but who will be his handcuff? We had a discussion on the Go District last night uh, with Jim Coventry. Jim Coventry was an excellent guest, by the way. If you didn't get a chance to uh, listen to our tailgate, highly recommend you check out Jim's work. He was sharp, extremely sharp, had a couple of great takes. But Snoop Connor is the big back. So Snoop Connor, he's different than ETN. He he is a rookie, um, an Ole Miss running back. Uh, again, he's big, and he made the active roster as a, as a day three pick, which is, is not a given. So they obviously like him a little bit, but my pick would be Jamichael hasty. Again, I don't think there's, there's uh, like a clear consensus on this. I think if you hear some people that I think are, are very smart are on the Snoop Connor side of this, I'm on the Jamichael hasty side because I think the Jacksonville coaching staff likes him. I think, <clears throat> excuse me. I think he can do a lot of the of similar things as ETN, so if, God forbid, ETN were to miss some time, I think Hasty would have more value. We saw Hasty break off a long touchdown reception, um, you know, over the last over the past few weeks. Um, I think Hasty was a guy we liked in San Francisco. It never really happened. Um, but I would lean on the Hasty side. And again, you don't have to go nuts with this one. I think that uh I think that there's a there's a chance that. There's a chance that, that sorry, I'm just opening up my my notes got closed. Um, there's a chance that it goes Connor's way. So I would go like a short bid on whoever you like more, and maybe a shorter bid on the on the secondary one, and just be happy to walk away with one of them. But Hasty would be the guy that I would go with. Uh, James Cook, I would check to see if he was dropped during the bye week. Uh, James Cook, I think that when you get to bye weeks, we always have to assume a little bit of rational coaching. And James Cook becoming a bigger part of the Buffalo offense, I think, would be something that would help them. When I say bigger part, I don't mean he's going to have a huge role, but I think getting him involved, especially in case Singletary was to miss some time, um, I think James Cook could be, you know, an upside, treat him as an upside handcuff. If if Singletary were to go down, I would have James Cook as a back-end RB2 with a little bit more, with just as much receiving upside as Singletary. I think Cook can really catch the ball. Um, I mentioned Ty Johnson. I do expect Ty Johnson to get some work this week. So if you're in dire straits in a very deep league, Ty Johnson could be one to consider. 
And again, if Michael Carter or James Robinson were to go down, Ty Johnson would would clearly be in there. I I wrote about about Ty Johnson in my article on Player Profiler, my waiver wire column. Again, I wrote that before the James Robinson trade, so you can probably skip that part of the article for now. But he's a guy that you know we've always kind of liked a little bit. He had a one month stretch last year where he was an RB two, um, and he was has shown an ability to catch the ball in the league. So he's a guy we can't ignore. Uh, Dearness Johnson, it's start. It's time we start thinking about the trade deadline. The trade deadline is right around the corner. Um, you really would only have to roster Dearness Johnson for a little over a week. Um, if there's not a trade made, you can always cut him. But I think this would be one to get ahead of your league mates. He has a few possible outs. Uh, Johnson could see an increase in usage if Kareem Hunt is traded. He would immediately be the direct backup to Nick Chubb. Or if he is traded, he could land on a, in a, on a team where, where he could help somebody out. We've seen Dearness Johnson have fantasy success when given the rock. Um, so he's a guy that, that we like in the GOAT district. And he's one that nobody's really going to be adding this week. I would exp- – well, I'll, I'll take that back. I expect people to add him, but people are not going to go nuts with the bids. Um, so you could get him, and he could potentially be worth more than – you know, a lot of the other guys we're talking about um, just based on how the trade deadline goes. I do think there's a chance Cleveland makes a move at the running back spot. Uh, Kyron Williams, there's a chance he was cut uh, because the Rams were on a bye week. You never know with, you know, this is the, once we get to bye weeks, especially weeks where there's four teams on bye, um, and we have a week coming up with six teams on bye. I believe that is, that is, that is week nine. So next week we're going to have six teams on bye. Whenever there's a bye week, we want to really, really take our time with waivers here. You want to go through, whether you play NFFC, FFWC, FFPC, you want to go through and look at the the most rostered players and see which guys were dropped. Uh, For example, I have an FFPC main event uh, league where Elijah Moore was dropped. Now, whatever you think about Elijah Moore bouncing back this year, he's a guy that should not have been dropped. Uh, So guys like that get dropped. Kyron Williams was like a very popular stash, but with the Rams on a bye, Williams still not back from injury. Somebody might've cut him. I think he's one that you really want to consider if he's available. Uh, The Rams were involved in Christian McCaffrey deal. We know that they're looking to make changes at the running back spot. Cam Akers will be moved. Uh, He'll either be traded or there's a chance he'd be cut. So Kyron Williams is going to get his opportunities. We know the coaching staff likes him. The fact that the offensive line play in Los Angeles is so poor, I think kind of speaks to Kyron Williams' Williams's chances as a receiver, where he might you know, profile more as a satellite back, but a satellite back in that offense could be very effective for them. So Kyron Williams is one that we've talked about here before, and check your waivers, see if he was cut. Um, Dynasty League players, take a look at Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram, like, let's just – Go go and just talk football here without talking about fantasy or all the guys around him. If you watch that Arizona-New Orleans game, Keontae Ingrams looks big and strong and fast. He looked capable as a receiver and as a rusher. He had a, a touchdown, and he nearly had a second touchdown where he was tackled just short of the goal line. Uh, Keontae Ingram looked the part. I mean, I love Eno Benjamin. The GOAT district is big Eno Benjamin fans, but... Uh, Keontae Ingram, especially in Dynasty, he looks like an NFL running back. I know that's like a cliche, 
but he looks good. And I think there's also the idea that James Conner is just going to come back and dust, you know, Benjamin and potentially, uh, you know, Conte Ingram and Darrell Williams could dust him. Why would you do that? Eno and Eno and uh, and Keontae were more successful as a tandem than Arizona's been at any point this season. They had a big win and they kept pressure on the on the Saints defense because of the success for their with their running game. You saw Eno rip off big big rushes, and I think that the Ingram as a complement to Eno worked out really really well. So I don't think you can put these guys completely away. And James Conner has already been hurt, so if I'm in a 20 man league. Eno is going to be rostered in all of them, um, but adding Keontae Ingram just to see what happens this week um, might be very beneficial. He's a guy that might be in you know shallower league waiver wire columns next week uh, if he's given given a few opportunities this week. And then I'll throw out Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell is another one of these guys, kind of like James Cook, where you start self scouting. the The Eagles had a bye week. Gainwell, I think, is a guy that we believe is good at football and can do some things. Maybe they come out of the bye week and give him some opportunities. You can also consider him a, a upside stash. Um, if Miles Sanders were to miss time, it would be Boston Scott splitting with Kenneth, Kenneth Gainwell. However, I'd prefer Gainwell. Just getting into the um, getting into the chat. Shout out to Joe Carlton, uh, my league mate in the NFFC Silver Bullet. We have a we have a tough uh, a tough league in the bullet this year over in the NFFC. Uh, shout out to to Uncle Andy, uh, Ronnie Ronnie Rivers. I'm just I'm just not really into Ronnie Rivers. Um, he's he did not make my waiver wire column either. Um, if you're looking to read basically about some of the guys that we're talking about tonight, they're all for the most part in my player profiler article uh, that comes out every single week. It's been dropping uh, right around Monday Night Football time every single week. So you can go and check that out. Uh, wide receiver wise, Paris Campbell has been absolutely on a tear. Uh, actually, I want to back it up. We missed one quarterback. Let's talk about Sam Ellinger a little bit. Sam Ellinger has been a guy that's had some success in the preseason. Indianapolis goes from Matt Ryan to Sam Ellinger. Ellinger, I think the reason they're doing this is because of the lack of Jonathan Taylor's success in the running game. They have no shot with Matt Ryan. Defenses can can key up on on the on any rushing attempt from Jonathan Taylor, and they don't have to defend the entire field because Matt Ryan's not able to complete deep passes. Ellinger will give them run pass option looks, and Ellinger could could open things up for Jonathan Taylor's rushing ability. That's the reason they're going to this switch. The Colts are not quite dead yet. The I mean, I'm not advising you to go out and, and scoop up Ellinger. Obviously, if you're in a super flex league, I would go grab him. Um, I don't think he's bad. It's a little surprising to me they didn't at least try Nick Foles, where he's a little more similar to Matt Ryan. Maybe Nick Foles has just looked, you know, very poor at practice. But to go with the with Sam Ellinger as the starter, um, and they made it very clear they want him to be the starter the rest of the year. So uh, Ellinger is definitely one uh, to keep an eye on. You have the Taylor Heineke versus Sam Ellinger game this weekend. That's uh, that's a tough one to watch, but you know, thankfully we we have thankful th thankfully we have red zone in our lives uh, because of games like that one. Um, getting back to the wide receivers, Paris Campbell, uh, one of the one of the receiving uh, threats for Ellinger is Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell's been on an absolute tear. Uh, he has been playing great. 
He had 20 targets over the past two games, including 11 this past Sunday. He put up a big, big fantasy line. Um, I added him on a couple of teams last week just as a guy where getting some action, not expecting you know lightning to strike twice. But Campbell's uh, been on the field the entire game, pretty much every single game this year. But he only has started to really see these targets of late. It's a guy that if you play Dynasty or you've been playing redraft for a while, it's been a guy who's really had very unfortunate injuries in his career. But as a guy that out of college, people were really, really high on. He was considered to be the better prospect than Terry McLaurin when they were both at Ohio State. And Campbell, um, it just hasn't happened in his career. But he is a still a dynamic athlete, and they're using him. I am not sure how things are going to shake out in terms of Pittman, Campbell, uh, and, and Alec Pierce. Pierce looks to be kind of the odd man out right now, which is a little disappointing. It's a guy I really like. Um, and Pittman is is clearly clearly their wide receiver one, although Campbell has outgained him, you know, now for two weeks. So uh, Campbell, if he's on your waiver wire, go and get him, but don't go nuts because the offense is changing. Um, and I don't want to see you get burned, you know, using a huge, huge uh, number on a guy and then it doesn't work out. But I think, it, you know, this week, let's treat him as a wide receiver three or a flex because he's he's red hot. Marquise Goodwin. Super, super interesting ad this week. DK Metcalf went down. Goodwin stepped right in. Goodwin looked good. Um, you know, he he had a, about four or five catches. He, Goodwin has al- always had elite speed. You're talking about a guy who almost made the Olympics um, as a track athlete. Now he's going to be on the field, um, you know, pretty much the whole time for this aggressive Seattle attack. I don't think they're going to get super conservative just because they don't have DK Metcalf. I don't think that's what this team is. Gino is is in is in kind of YOLO mode. He's taking shots. Um, Tyler Lockett will see a bump, but again, Tyler Lockett was already seeing a lot of targets and was already on the field the whole time. So I'm not sure how much of a bump he can see. I think for the short term, uh, Marquise Goodwin is is an interesting add. He's a guy that you might you know be able to bid a, a cheap cheap number for. And he might produce as a wide receiver for uh, potential flex. And he's a potential, you know, big play threat based on his uh, his speed. So he's an interesting one. Um, Mecole, Hardman, Mecole Hardman, we can't ignore Mecole Hardman. Uh, he had three touchdowns and he looked really, really good. And Kansas City absolutely smoked the 49ers. Um, that, that Kansas City offense was just sensational. And Hardman was a big part of it. So he's always been kind of a better in best ball guy. It's been kind of like a guy you'd laugh off. And he certainly didn't get a lot of touches, but he was super productive with them. And there, you never say never. Um, when teams go into a bye week, they self-scout like we talk about. And maybe Mecole Hardman getting a few manufactured rushing attempts a game could be something that the Chiefs do coming out of the bye. So Hardman... I wouldn't spend a lot on, but I wouldn't let people have him for free. I would kind of price check him in your leagues. If you end up with McCole Hardman, it's not the end of the world because when we get to bye weeks, we have injuries. If you're in a desperation mode, he's already a guy who's shown you a ceiling of being able to find the end zone. He has the speed to break off a big play, and he's attached to one of the two best quarterbacks in the league in Mahomes, and the Kansas City offense is rolling. So, I don't want to ignore Mecole Hardman, but again, I don't want to go nuts on him because we don't pay for touchdowns. 
Um, we pay for usage and we pay for opportunity. We don't pay for touchdowns. It's the wrong way to, to play the waiver wire. But again, I don't want to give somebody in my league, Michael Hardman, for free either. Uh, Van Jefferson, this is a fun one. Uh, much like Kyron Williams, Jefferson could have been cut this week. He was wide receiver 36 overall last year in PPR. Um, he's kind of a low-key waiver wire ad right now. I think there's some sharp people that already have Van Jefferson stashed. Um, and I think there's some people that, um, you know, were eyeing him as a guy to add this week. But I would check. He he might slip slip through. You also have to remember, you're listening to this show. You listen to the GOAT District. I think we're very serious fantasy football players. A lot of us have a lot of skin in the game. Um, we're not going to stop doing waivers. Even if your team is three and four, two and five even, you can get out of a hole this year. Waivers are something that, if you grind waivers enough, your team has a better chance. It's it's a fact. Every single successful fantasy football player that we've ever ever spoken to on the Goat District, all of them, all the players who have won a lot of money, they all grind waivers. I can tell you what a lot of those guys are doing right now. They're sitting in front of a computer and they're grinding waivers. Or when their kids go to sleep, they're grinding waivers. But sometime tonight. A lot of players are going to put in, you know, potentially hours on the waiver wire and also tomorrow. So you got to stick with it. And I think that some when you get to this time of year, you do see a few players quit, whether that's because they lose interest or they feel defeated. You'll you'll end up competing against maybe eight teams instead of 11 teams. Um, and that's going to happen pretty quick, even in the highest levels. You'll see some teams who maybe need a guy will not do it. So just keep grinding. You never know who you're going to add and you never know how this usage is going to go, especially with all the injuries this year. Just keep grinding those waivers. It's going to make your team better. So check on a guy like Van Jefferson. Um, he's a speculation play because, you know, the Rams offense has had some issues. Although the last time they were out, they did spread the ball around a little bit more. I think Van could be a five targets a game guy. The Rams obviously could add somebody before the trade deadline or sign somebody off the street um, that could could play ahead of Van. Um, but Van Jefferson had his moments last year, and he's a familiarity with uh, the system, familiarity with Matt Stafford, familiarity with Sean McVay. So Van's a good guy to stash. And then Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham we've talked about a couple times on this pod. Um, I believe he will play this year. Kansas City cleared up some money. Um, they basically changed Travis Kelsey's deal. So they cleared up, I think it was about $4 million to make a move. It would make sense for them to add a defender, but Odell Beckham's been been linked to them. He was also linked to the Giants, um, and he's a, he's been linked to the Rams. Odell Beckham, I think, will play in the league this season. It might not be till December, but I think he'll play. So he's a guy, if you have the space, Adam, and I don't think he's going to come back and, and just – you know, be some veteran presence on the sidelines. I don't think that's in his makeup. I think that he's a guy that if he signs with somebody, they're going to say, look, you're going to be on the field. I, I, maybe the the Los Angeles Chargers who lost Mike Williams, maybe the Houston Texans, um, you know, you could think of a, a ton of teams who need a wide receiver. Um, and I think that Seattle would make some sense if DK's injury was was longer uh, I think that there's obviously the Rams, the familiarity with them, Kansas City. You can you can name a bunch of teams where you could, if you think about it hard enough, like Odell could end up there. You also could look at some of these teams that he might say, I just want a Super Bowl ring. You know, he could sign with Buffalo. You know, you never know with these things. So 
Uh, consider Odell if you have roster space. Um, shout out to 1912. Um, yeah, we're definitely price checking Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell, I think, should be rostered. Like, I don't want to get people down on Ellinger. Paris Campbell's playing, you know, terrific ball. Um, Joe King, what happened with Will Fuller? I don't know if Will Fuller wants to play. There's all this stuff about Will Fuller, um, you know, not liking the cold. And I think he also struggled to get back from injury. So I don't know what's going on. Um, shout out to shout out to Wayne Ellis. Yes, Wayne Ellis, you are a very good player. Wayne, you have the receipts to prove it. So the self-deprecating stuff is, is not going to help in the GOAT district because we know you. But Wayne's a successful high-stakes player, and he's literally working waivers as he's listening to the show. So shout out to Wayne. Great guy, great player. Um, keep it going with the tight ends. Oh, I forgot our guy, Khalil Shakir. So another self-scouting uh, team would be the Bills. Khalil Shakir, to me, looks better than Isaiah McKenzie. I hope the Bills realize that and they give Shakir a, a larger role this week. The The week that, that Isaiah McKenzie missed and Shakir played every single down, he found the end zone. Um, he had about three catches and about 70 yards, and he just looks really, really good. He looks explosive. And I think that the, the bye week is always a great – great time for these teams to change things up and you know not to say to expect a chase claypool like explosion but if you think back to like chase claypool's explosive uh rookie season where he strung all those games in a row it was coming out of the pittsburgh bye week that the claypool was able to able to do that so i always harp, harp back to these bye weeks teams can change what they do during bye weeks especially the smart teams and we think that the bills are one of the smarter teams in football i'll throw Darius slayton out he had six targets. He caught three of them for 58 yards and a touchdown this past weekend. The Giants offense is kind of uh, ticking up. Daniel Bellinger looks to be out for a little while. He had a really uh, unfortunate eye injury. Looks like he's going to need eye surgery. I don't know what the recovery from that would be, but that seems kind of like a scary injury and who knows what he's dealing with. I don't want to speculate towards it, but Slayton's on the field and the Giants look look like they're they're playing a little bit better. You know, again, Slayton's a wide receiver five, but depending on what you need, uh, he might be a guy you have to throw in an emergency. And he's certainly not the worst guy to keep as a back of your roster type guy right now. I'll throw KJ Hamler's name in there. He's the Dearness Johnson of wide receivers this week. Jerry Judy could be moved. Hamler is extremely fast. I think he if he had played an every down role in Denver, he would be interesting. Uh, so he's a guy that, you know, NFFC, FFWC player. I, I don't think you should let KJ Hamler just sit on waivers. Again, you can always cut these guys if the trades don't happen. It's it's we're we're nearing to the trade deadline, so we want to be a little more aggressive and a little sharper than our league mates with these guys that could gain a little bit of value, like again, like uh KJ Hamler, like Dearness Johnson. Uh getting to the tight end spot. Oh, famous Jay. Question, how about Boston Scott? Yeah, Boston Scott's a fine guy to roster. Um, there's a lot of people who like him more than Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, and again, he's played ahead of Gainwell. So I think that Scott, I just find him a little bit more boring than than Gainwell. I think Gainwell's a better receiver. Again, it's the Miles Sanders show right now. He's the, he's the back. You know, if you have Miles Sanders, he's a high-end RB2 coming out of the bye. Um, you could even call him a low-end RB1. That offense is, is humming. And I, I think that we don't need to go nuts with Scott or, or Gainwell. But, yeah, if you like Boston Scott and you're in a 20-man league, 
he's the kind of guy you want to keep on your back in your roster. When we're rostering these handcuff types, it's good to have have them in good offenses. Um, and it's good to have guys that are kind of like for like. The problem with Philly is it is a little bit more of a split, in my opinion. Um, if they're already kind of working other backs to get touches now. So if Sanders were to go down, I think it would be a Scott and Gainwell split. And I would prefer the the younger back who who's a, in my opinion a better pass catcher. Um shout out to to Josh Durham. Is there anyone worth rostering claiming from the Green Bay wide receiver court? If you want to go with one, I think it's Sammy Watkins. Um, especially for this week, just based on the Alan Lazard uh shoulder injury. If if Lazard's gonna miss, uh, I think that Sammy Watkins could be like again, I'm not gonna tell you to start Sammy Watkins, but like a, a complete desperation play at wide receiver because he's a downfield threat for them. Uh, and if Lazard is out, it kind of changes them a little bit. It makes makes Tunyon probably a little bit better. Um, yeah, if you want to speculate, I think you speculate with Sammy Watkins right now. Uh, shout out to Uncle Andy. Yeah, that's a good one. Juwan Jennings might be a good pickup if Debo hamstring becomes an issue. Yeah, I would – I mean – I think the Debo plays this week. I, I think that I I did not see the practice reports from San Francisco today, but yeah, Juwan Jennings is always kind of a nice player, and he's a guy that we talked about on the Goat District before. Yeah, if Debo if Debo misses, that would be an interesting one. Um, I'm interested to see kind of how the San Francisco offense um, matures in Week Two of of Christian McCaffrey as well. Um, shout out to Kyle's money. Would I would you drop Elijah for Singletary? Elijah Moore for for Devin Singletary or um or I'm guessing this is what it is. Yes, I would I would uh do that for Singletary. I, I think that Singletary is in a pretty good spot right now. Uh shout out to uh Joe Carlton. Scott needs a touchdown to pay off. Gain will get you 15 points without a touchdown. Perfect way of putting it. Um, I think that's a great way of looking at it. Uh and shout out to Wayne Ellis bringing up Ray Ray McLeod um versus Juwan Jennings. Hopefully we don't have to make that decision, guys. Hopefully we don't have to make that decision. Um, and getting to tight ends again, Greg Dulcich, he he might be available. I know in like home leagues he might be available, um, and he might have slipped through the cracks in an NFFC or an FFWC. There's about zero percent chance he's available in any FFPC league right now. Um, so tight end premium, he's already locked up. He's going to be in your in your lineup. Um, but if he's available, I would be aggressive with him. Again, I think he is a tight end one. Um, and then we also can factor in the potential Jerry Judy trade would make him um, even more relevant in their offense. You have to figure like, I like KJ Hamler, but KJ Hamler is definitely a drop down from Judy. So Dulcich could be a an every week, um, maybe, you know, he could be close to Zach Ertz target wise um, if it all works out. So <laughs> Dulcich is one. Don't leave him on a wire. I think that by next week, I, I'm going to be able to not talk about him because he's going to pass all the thresholds of, of rosters, um, ownership, however you want to call it. He's going to be rostered in too many leagues for us to talk about uh, after this week. Cade Otten, um, we've talked about him for like three weeks. Another rookie tight end. He's got the juice right now. Cameron Brate's injury opened things up for him. Uh, he caught four passes, but he had 64 yards. Um, he's like a low end tight end one or high end tight end two this week against Baltimore. That is a huge, huge game for the Bucks. You got Baltimore coming into Tampa Bay. Uh, they've got to get things right. They they really, really could use a win. Uh, that's going to be a great Thursday night game. I'm really excited for that one. Uh, Harrison Bryant, 
the the former Mackey Award winner. Uh, David Njoku was playing great this year. He had a great usage. I would expect that Bryant is going to see a ton of snaps. He's going to get a lot of work. Um, he's a guy that we we've, we've talked about on the Goat District before. Andrew Schellenberg is a huge Harrison Bryant fan, has him in a lot of dynasty teams. Uh, and I think that he's going to get an opportunity this week to kind of show what he can do. I think you can treat him as a tight end too, um, but a, a mid-level tight end too this week. So if you're in a bind, Harrison Bryant's one to grab, especially for FFPC listeners. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what he goes for, because I think that the fact that the Najoku injury has this two to five week range I think people think he might be back quickly, but I would be slightly aggressive getting Bryant just in case it's five weeks. I think he could he could be you know a guy that obviously he's not Najoku, but he could put up pretty similar numbers if it all works out, just based on the lack of receivers in Cleveland. Amari Cooper gets a ton of work. Donovan Peoples-Jones is getting his looks, but I think that offense is going to kind of stay the same, and Bryant would be one to to to. Uh, kind of sneak in this week. Foster Moreau is going to be available in some leagues. I added him on the second waiver wire run in a lot of leagues last week. On all of my Waller teams, I was able to add him. And then on some non-Waller teams, he he played 54 of 56 snaps. Houston is very good against the tight end. Um, he only saw four targets. I would expect that if Waller's out, he, he could potentially have more fantasy success um, I would treat him as a mid-level tight end too any week that Darren Waller is out. And for tight end premium listeners, a, a mid-level tight end too sometimes comes in really, really handy this time of year, especially with buys. One more tight end who had a lot of fantasy success this past week was Juwan Johnson. Um, we've talked about him a few times. He's an interesting player. He's a converted wide receiver. Um, and he's had multiple big games um, in his NFL career now. He had two touchdowns. Um, the second one, he kind of walked in the end zone. But again, Andy Dalton's looking for him. You have injuries with Landry, injuries with Michael Thomas. Adam Troutman is injured. And so besides Olave, it's Juwan Johnson's going to be an almost every down player, and he looks pretty good. So he's another one to, con to consider. Uh, shout out to 1912. Feelings uh, on McBride for later in the season. I love Trey McBride. Uh, it just isn't happening right now for Trey McBride. And also I think that the tight end position – seemed to be phased out a little bit this past week um, when DeAndre Hopkins returned. So Ertz, Ertz, uh, his targets went down. Um, we all knew his targets were going to go down, but it was like Kyler was locked in on DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, so I'm I'm just not sure that they the way they're going to treat the tight end position is not going to be elite. And you also have to factor in, we are hopeful that Hollywood Brown is going to be back, you know, let's call it a month from now. So I think it could be a little more wide receiver centric, but if Ertz misses time, Trey McBride is a very talented, talented player. Um, shout out to, again, Josh Durham, Triple X Lex. Uh, that pretty much does it. I really appreciate the chat and all the people tuning in. Uh, we're going to be back on the GOAT District um, this Thursday night with Dave Hubbard, one of the best fantasy football players uh, in the in the country, extremely sharp guy is going to be joining us for the Goat District tailgate. And then I'm going to be joined by Dalton Cates um, of Mojo, and he also works with Ben Gretsch um, on Yards by Gretsch. Uh, he does a lot of their gambling content, uh, but he's a super sharp fantasy guy as well. 
Uh, we're going to be podcasting sometime during the day. I think we're looking at about one o'clock on Thursday. So we'll have a double double header in the GOAT district on Thursday. Uh, again, really appreciate everybody tuning in um, and have a great night and a and let's uh, let's kick butt on the waivers t- uh, tonight and tomorrow night, guys. Take care.